Act Three of Anna Christie by Eugene O'Neill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene The interior of the cabin on the barge Simeon Winthrop at dock in Boston. A narrow, low-ceilinged compartment, the walls of which are painted a light brown with white trimmings. In the rear on the left, a door leading to the sleeping quarters. In the far left corner, a large locker closet, painted white, on the door of which a mirror hangs on a nail. In the rear wall, two small square windows and a door opening out on the deck toward the stern. In the right wall, two more windows looking out on the port deck. White curtains, clean and stiff, are at the windows. A table with two cane-bottomed chairs stands in the center of the cabin. A dilapidated wicker rocker, painted brown, is also by the table. It is the afternoon of a sunny day, about a week later. From the harbor and docks outside, muffled by the closed doors and windows, comes the sound of steamer's whistles, and the puffing snort of the donkey engines of some ship unloading nearby. As the curtain rises, Chris and Anna are discovered. Anna is seated in the rocking chair by the table with a newspaper in her hands. She is not reading, but staring straight in front of her. She looks unhappy, troubled, frowningly concentrated on her thoughts. Chris wanders about the room, casting quick, uneasy side glances at her face, then stopping to peer absent-mindedly out of the window. His attitude betrays an overwhelming, gloomy anxiety which has him on tenterhooks. He pretends to be engaged in setting things ship-shape, but this occupation is confined to picking up some object, staring at it stupidly for a second, then aimlessly putting it down again. He clears his throat and starts to sing to himself in a low, doleful voice. <clears throat> My Josephine, come aboard the ship. Long time I wait for you. Anna turning on him sarcastically. I'm glad someone's feeling good. <sighs> Gee, I sure wish we was out of this dump and back in New York. I'm glad when we sail again, too. Then, as she makes no comment, he goes on with a ponderous attempt at sarcasm. I don't see why you don't like Boston, though. You have good time here, I think. You go ashore all time every day and night week we've been here. You go to movies, see show, got all kinds of fun. All with that damn Irish feller. Oh, for heaven's sake, are you off on that again? Where's the harm in his taking me around? Do you want me to sit all day and night in this cabin with you and knit? Ain't I got a right to have as good a time as I can? It ain't right kind of fun, not with that feller, no. I've been back on board every night by eleven, ain't I? then, struck by some thought, looks at him with keen suspicion, with rising anger. Say, look here, what do you mean by what you just said? Nothing but what I say, Anna. You said ain't right, and you said it funny. Say, listen here, you ain't try to insinuate that there's something wrong between us, are you? No, Anna, no, I swear to God, I never thank that. Anna, mollified by his very evident sincerity, sitting down again. Well, don't you never think it neither if you want me to ever speak to you again. If I ever dreamt you thought that, I'd get the hell out of this barge so quick you couldn't see me for dust. I would never dream. You was getting learned to swear. That ain't nice for young girl, you tank. Excuse me. You ain't used to such language, I know. 
That's what you're taking me to see is done for me. No, it ain't me. It's that damned sailor feller learn you bad tanks. He ain't a sailor. He's a stoker. That was million times worse, I tell you. Dumb fellers that work below shoveling coal was the dirtiest rough gang of no good fellers in world. I'd hate to hear you say that to Matt. Oh, I tell him same tongue. You don't get it in head. I'm scared of him just cause he was stronger I was. You don't get for fight with fists with them fellers. There's other way for fix him. What do you mean? Nothing. He'd better not. I wouldn't start no trouble with him if I was you. He might forget some time that you was old and my father, and then you'd be out of luck. Well, just let him. I'm all bird, maybe, but I bet I show him trick or two. Oh, come on, be good. What's eating you anyway? Don't you want no one to be nice to me except yourself? Yes, I do, Anna. Only not feller on sea, but I like for you marry steady feller got good job on land you have little home in country all your own anna rising to her feet oh cut it out little home in the country i wish you could have seen the little home in the country where you had me in jail till i was sixteen some day you're going to get me so mad with that talk i'm going to turn loose on you and tell you a lot of things that'll open your eyes i don't want i know you don't but you keep on talking just the same I don't talk no more than an am. Then promise me you'll cut out saying nasty things about Matt Burke every chance you get. Why? You like that feller very much, Anna? Yes, I certainly do. He's a regular man, no matter what faults he's got. One of his fingers is worth all the hundreds of men I met out there, inland. Maybe you think you love him, then? What of it if I do? Maybe you think you marry him? No. Chris's face lights up with relief. If I'd met him four years ago, or even two years ago, I'd have jumped at the chance, I'll tell you that straight. And I would now. Only he's such a simple guy, a big kid, and I ain't got the heart to fool him. But don't never say again he ain't good enough for me. It's me ain't good enough for him. By Jiminy, you go crazy, I thank well, I've been thinking I was myself the last few days. She goes and takes a shawl from a hook near the door and throws it over her shoulders. Guess I'll take a walk down to the end of the dock for a minute and see what's doing. I love to watch the ships passing. Matt'll be along before long, I guess. Tell him where I am, won't you? All right, I tell him. Anna goes out the doorway on rear. Chris follows her out and stands on the deck outside for a moment looking after her. Then he comes back inside and shuts the door. He stands looking out of the window, mutters, Dirty die devil you. Then he goes to the table, sets the cloth straight mechanically, picks up the newspaper Anna has let fall to the floor and sits down in the rocking chair. He stares at the paper for a while, then puts it on table, holds his head in his hands and sighs drearily. The noise of a man's heavy footsteps comes from the deck outside, and there is a loud knock on the door. Chris starts, makes a move as if to get up and go to the door, then thinks better of it and sits still. The knock is repeated. Then, as no answer comes, the door is flung open and Matt Burke appears. 
Chris scowls at the intruder, and his hand instinctively goes back to the sheath knife on his hip. Burke is dressed up, wears a cheap blue suit, a striped cotton shirt with a black tie, and black shoes, newly shined. His face is beaming with good humor. Well, God bless who's here. He bends down and squeezes his huge form through the narrow doorway. And how's the world treating you this afternoon, Anna's father? Pretty good, if it ain't for some fellers. Maiden me, do you? Well, if you ain't the funny old crank of a man. Where's herself? Chris sits dumb, scowling, his eyes averted. Burke is irritated by this silence. Where's Anna, I'm after asking you? She go down end of dock. I'll be going down to her, then. But first I'm thinking I'll take this chance when we're alone to have a word with you. He sits down opposite Chris at the table and leans over toward him. And that word is soon said. I'm marrying your Anna before this day is out, and you might as well make up your mind to it, whether you like it or no. Ho, oh, ho, that's easy for say. You mean, I won't? Is it the like of yourself will stop me, are you thinking? Yes, I stop it if it comes to worst. Oh, God help you. But ain't no need for me do that, Anna. Is it Anna you think will prevent me? Yes. And I'm telling you she'll not. She knows I'm loving her, and she loves me the same, and I know it. Ho, ho, she only have fun. She make big fool of you, that's all. That's a lie in your throat, devil mend No, it ain't lie. She tell me just before she go out she never marry feller like you. I'll not believe it. Tis a great old liar you are, and a devil to be making a power of trouble if you had your way. But it's not trouble I'm looking for on me sitting down here. Let us be talking it out now, as man to man. You're her father, and wouldn't it be a shame for us to be at each other's throats like a pair of dogs, and I married with Anna? So out with the truth, man alive. What is it you're holding against me at all? Chris, a bit placated in spite of himself by Burke's evident sincerity, but puzzled and suspicious. Well, I don't want for Anna got married. Listen, you feller, I'm a old man. I don't see Anna for fifteen year. She was all I got in world. And now when she come on first trip, you think I want her leave me alone again? Let you not be thinking I have no heart at all for the way you'd be feeling. Chris, astonished and encouraged, trying to plead persuasively. Then you do right, Tang, eh? You ship away again, leave Anna alone? Big feller like you that's on sea, he don't need wife. He got new girl in every port, you know that. God stiffen you. I'll not be giving you the lie on that. But devil take you, there's a time comes to every man on sea or land that isn't a born fool when he's sick of the lot of them cows and wearing his heart out to meet with a fine decent girl and to have a home to call his own and be rearing up children in it. Tis small use you're asking me to leave Anna. She's the one woman in the world for me and I can't live without her now, I'm thinking. You forgot all about her in one week out of port, I bet you. You don't know the like I am. Death itself wouldn't make me forget her, so let you not be making talk to me about leaving her. I'll not, and be damned to you. It won't be so bad for you as you make out at all. She'll be living here in the States, and her married to me, and you'll be seeing her often so. A sight more often than you ever saw her the fifteen years she was growing up in the West. It's queer you'd be the one to be making great trouble about her leaving you, when you never laid eyes on her once in all them years. 
I thought it was better Anna stay away, grow up inland where she don't ever know old Ravel Sea. There's a blame of the sea for your troubles you are again, God help you. Well, Anna knows it now. Twas in our blood anyway. And I don't want she ever know no good faller on sea. She knows one now. That's just it. That's just what you are. No good sailor faller. You think I'll let her life be made sorry by you like her mother's was by me? No, I swear. She don't marry you if I get kill you first. <laughs> Glory be to God. It's bold talk you have for a stumpy runt of a man. Well, you see. I'll see, surely. I'll see myself at Anna marry this day, I'm telling you. It's queer fooled blather you have about the seed on this and the seed on that. You ought to be ashamed to be saying the like, and you an old sailor yourself. I'm after hearing a lot of it from you, and a lot more that Anna's told me you'd be saying to her, and I'm thinking it's a poor weak thing you are, and not a man at all. You see if I'm a man, maybe quicker'n you tank. Yeah, don't be boasting. I'm thinking it's out of your wits you've got with the fright of the sea. You'd be wishing Anna married to a farmer, she told me. That'd be a sweet match, surely. Would you have a fine girl the like of Anna lying down at nights with a muddy scut stinking of pigs and dung? Or would you have her tied for life to the like of them skinny, shriveled swabs that be working in cities? That's lie, you fool. Tis not. Tis your own mad notions I'm after telling. But you know the truth in your heart, if great fear of the sea has made you a liar and a coward itself. The sea's the only life for a man with guts in him isn't afraid of his own shadow. Tis only on the sea he's free, and him roving the face of the world, seeing all things, and not giving a damn for saving up money, or stealing from his friends, or any of the black tricks that a landlubber had wasted his life on. Twas yourself knew it once, and you were boasting for years. You was crazy fool, I tell you. You've swallowed the anchor. The sea give you a clout once, knocked you down, and you're not man enough to get up for another. But lie there for the rest of your life, howling bloody murder. Isn't it meself the sea has nearly drowned, and me battered and bait till I was that close to hell I could hear the flames roaring, and never a groan out of me till the sea gave up, and it seeing the great strength and guts of a man was in me. Yes, you was hell of feller here, you tell it. You'll be calling me a liar once too often, me old bucko. Wasn't the whole story of it, and my picture itself in the newspapers of Boston a week back. <laughs> sure I'd like to see you and the best of your youth do the like of what I've done in the storm and after. "'Tis a mad lunatic screeching with fear you'd be this minute. Oh, "'Ho, ho! You was a young fool in old years when I was on Windjammer. "'I was through hundred storms worse than that. "'Ships was ships then, and men that sail on them was real men. "'And now, what you got on steamers? "'You got fellers on deck don't know ship from Mudsko.' "'With a meaning glance at Burke.' And below deck you got feller just know how for shovel coal. Might just as well work on coal wagon ashore. Is it casting insults at the men in the stokehole yard, you old ape? God stiffen you. One of them is worth any ten stockfish swilling squareheads ever shipped on a windbag. Chris, his face working with rage, his hand going back to the sheath knife on his hip. Irish swine you. Don't you like the Irish, you old baboon? 
"'Tis that you're needin' in your family, I'm tellin' you. An Irish man and a man of the stoke-hole. To put guts in it, so that you'll not be having grandchildren will be fearful cowards and jackasses, the like of yourself. Chris, half rising from his chair. You look out! And it's that you'll be having, no matter what you do to prevent, for Anna and me'll be married this day, and no fool the like of you will stop us when I've made up me mind. You don't! He throws himself at Burke, knife in hand, knocking his chair over backwards. Burke springs to his feet quickly in time to meet the attack. He laughs with the pure love of battle. The old Swede is like a child in his hands. Burke does not strike or mistreat him in any way, but simply twists his right hand behind his back and forces the knife from his fingers. He throws the knife into a far corner of the room, tauntingly. All men is getting childish shouldn't play with knives holding the struggling Chris at arm's length, with a sudden rush of anger drawing back his fist. I've half a mind to hit you a great clout will put sense into your square head. Keep off me now, I'm warning you. He gives Chris a push with the flat of his hand, which sends the old Swede staggering back against the cabin wall, where he remains standing, panting heavily, his eyes fixed on Burke with hatred, as if he were only collecting his strength to rush at him again. Now don't be coming at me again, I'm saying or I'll flatten you on the floor with a blow, if tis Anna's father yard itself. I've no patience left for you. Well, <laughs> tis a bold man yard just the same, and I'd never think it was in you to come tackling me alone. A shadow crosses the cabin windows. Both men start. Anna appears in the doorway. Hello, Matt. Are you here already? I was down— She stops, looking from one to the other, sensing immediately that something has happened. What's up? Then noticing the overturned chair— How'd that chair get knocked over? Turning on Burke reproachfully. You ain't been fighting with him, Matt, after you promised. But not laid a hand on him, Anna. He goes and picks up the chair, then turning on the still-questioning Anna, with a reassuring smile. Let you not be worried at all. T'was only a bit of an argument we was having to pass the time till you'd come. It must have been some argument when you got to throwing chairs. She turns on Chris. Why don't you say something? What was it about? Chris relaxing at last, avoiding her eyes. We was talking about ships and fallers on sea. Oh, the old stuff, eh? Burke, suddenly seeming to come to a bold decision, with a defiant grin at Chris. He's not after telling you the whole of it. We was arguing about you, mostly. About me? And we'd be finishing it out right here and now in your presence, if you're willing. He sits down at the left of table. Anna, looking from him to her father. Sure. Tell me what it's all about. Chris, advancing toward the table. No, you don't do that, you. You tell him you don't want for hear him talk, Anna. But I do. I want this cleared up. Well, not now, anyway. You was going ashore, yes. You ain't got time. Yes, right here and now. You tell me, Matt, since he don't want to. The whole of it's in a few words only. So as he'd make no mistake, and him hating the sight of me, I told him in his teeth I loved you. And that's God's truth, Anna, and well you know it. Ho, oh, oh, ho, he tells same tongue to gel every port he go. Anna, shrinking from her father with repulsion. Shut up, can't you? I know it's true, Matt. I don't mind what he says. Well, God bless you. And then what? And then, and then I said, I said I was sure. I told him... I thought you'd have a bit of love for me, too. Say you do, Anna. Let you not destroy me entirely for the love of God. He grasps both of her hands in his, too. 
So you told him that, Matt. No wonder he was mad. Well, maybe it's true, Matt. Maybe I do. I've been thinking and thinking. I didn't want to, Matt. I'll own up to that. I... I tried to cut it out, but... <laughs> I guess I can't help it anyhow. So I guess I do, Matt. Sure I do. What's the use of kidding myself different? Sure I love you, Matt. Anna! He sits crushed. God be praised. And I ain't never loved a man in my life before. You can always believe that, no matter what happens. Burke goes over to her and puts his arms around her. Sure, I'd be believing every word you ever said, or ever will say. And tis you and me'll be having a grand beautiful life together to the end of our days. He tries to kiss her. At first she turns away her head. Then, overcome by a fierce impulse of passionate love, she takes his head in both her hands and holds his face close to hers, staring into his eyes. Then she kisses him full on the lips. Anna, pushing him away from her. <sighs> Goodbye. She walks to the doorway in rear, stands with her back toward them, looking out. Her shoulders quiver once or twice, as if she were fighting back her sobs. Burke too in the seventh heaven of bliss to get any correct interpretation of her word. Oh, good boy, is it? The devil, you say. They'll be coming back at you in a second for more of the same. To Chris, who has quickened to instant attention at his daughter's good-bye, and has looked back at her with a stirring of foolish hope in his eyes. Now, me old bucko, what'll you be saying? You heard the words from her own lips? Confess, I bade you. Own up like a man when you're bait fair and square. Here's my hand to you. Now let you take it, and we'll shake and forget what's over and done, and be friends from this out. Ah, don't shake hands with you, Faller, not while I live. Now the back of me hand to you, then, if that suits you better. There's a rotten bad loser you are, devil mend you. I don't lose. Anna say she like you little bit, but you don't hear her say she marry you a bit. At the sound of her name, Anna has turned round to them. Her face is composed and calm again, but it is the dead calm of despair. No, and I wasn't hearing her say the sun is shining either. That's all right. She don't say it just same. Anna, coming forward to them. No, I didn't say it, Matt. Dare you hear? You're waiting till you to be asked, you mean? Well, I'm asking you now, and we've been married this day with the help of God. You heard what I said, Matt, after I kissed you? No, I disremember. I said goodbye. That kiss was for goodbye, Matt. What do you mean? I can't marry you, Matt. And we've said goodbye, that's all. I know it. I know that was so. Anna, is that making game of me, you'd be? Tis a queer time to joke with me, and don't be doing it for the love of God. Do you think I'd kid you now? No. I'm not joking, Matt. I mean what I said. You don't. You can't. Tis mad you are, I'm telling you. No. I'm not. But what's come over you so sudden? You were saying you loved me. I'll say that as often as you want me to. It's true. Then why? What in the devil's name? Oh, God help me, I can't make head or tail to it at all. Because it's the best way out I can figure, Matt. I've been thinking it over and thinking it over day and night all week. Don't think it ain't hard on me too, Matt. For the love of God, then, tell me. What is it that's preventing you wedding me where the two of us has love? Suddenly getting an idea and pointing at Chris, exasperatedly. 
Is it giving heed to the like of that old fool you are, and him hating me and filling your ears full of bloody lies against me? Chris, getting to his feet, raging triumphantly before Anna has a chance to get in a word. Yes, Anna, believe me, not you. She know her old father don't lie like you. Anna, turning on her father angrily. You sit down, you hear? Where do you come in butting in and making things worse? You're like a devil, you are. Good Lord, and I was beginning to like you, beginning to forget all I've got held up against you. You ain't got nothing for hold against me, Anna. Ain't I just? Well, let me tell you. She glances at Burke and stops abruptly. Say, Matt, I'm surprised at you. You didn't think anything he'd said. Sure, what else would it be? Think I've ever paid any attention to all his crazy bull? Gee, you must take me for a five-year-old kid. I don't know how to take you, with your saying this one minute and that the next. Well, he has nothing to do with it. Then what is it has? Tell me, and don't keep me waiting and sweating blood. I can't tell you. And I won't. I got a good reason, and that's all you need to know. I can't marry you, that's all there is to it. So for God's sake, let's talk of something else. I'll not. Is I married to someone else you are? In the West, maybe? I should say not. To the devil with all of the reasons, then. They don't matter with me at all. I'm thinking you're the like of them women can't make up their mind till they're drove to it. Well, then, I'll make up your mind for you bloody quick. He takes her by the arms, grinning, to soften his serious bullying. We've had enough of talk. Let you be going into your room now and dressing in your best, and we'll be going ashore. No, by God, she don't do that. Takes hold of her arm. Anna who has listened to Burke in astonishment. She draws away from him, instinctively repelled by his tone, but not exactly sure if he is serious or not. Say, where do you get that stuff? Never mind now. Let you go and get dressed, I'm saying. Then turning to Chris. We'll be seeing who'll win in the end, me or you. You stay right here, Anna, you hear? Anna stands looking from one to the other of them, as if she thought they had both gone crazy. Then the expression of her face freezes into the hardened sneer of her experience. She'll not. She'll do what I say. You've had your hold on her long enough. It's my turn now. <laughs> your turn? Say, what am I, anyway? Tis not what you are. Tis what you're going to be this day. And that's wedded to me before night comes. Hurry up now with your dressing. You don't do one thing he say, Anna. She will so. I tell you she don't. I'm her father. She will in spite of you. She's taken my orders from this out, not yours. <laughs> orders is good. Hurry up now and shake a leg. We've no time to be wasting. Irritated as she doesn't move. Do you hear what I'm telling you? You stay there, Anna. You can go to hell, both of you. <laughs> You're just like all the rest of them. You too. God, you'd think I was a piece of furniture. I'll show you. Sit down now. Sit down and let me talk for a minute. You're all wrong, see? Listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. And then I'm going to beat it. I'm going to tell you a funny story, so pay attention. Pointing to Chris. I've been meaning to turn it loose on him every time he'd get my goat with his bull about keeping me safe inland. I wasn't going to tell you. But you forced me into it. What's the diff? It's all wrong anyway, and you might as well get cured that way as any other. Only don't forget what you said a minute ago about it not mattering to you what other reason I got, so long as I wasn't married to no one else. That's my word, and I'll stick to it. 
<laughs> what a chance. You make me laugh, honest. Want to bet you will? Wait and see. First thing is, I want to tell you two guys something. You was going on as if one of you had to own me. But nobody owns me, see? Except in myself. I'll do what I please and no man, I don't give a hoot who he is, can tell me what to do. I ain't asking either of you for a living. I can make it myself, one way or another. I'm my own boss. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. You and your orders. I wasn't meaning it that way at all, and well you know it. You've no call to be raising this rumpus with me. Tis him you've a right. I'm coming to him. But you, you did mean it that way too. You sounded just like all the rest. But damn it, shut up! Let me talk for a change. It is queer rough talk that for a decent girl the like of you. <laughs> decent? Who told you I was? Chris is sitting with bowed shoulders, his head in his hands. She leans over in exasperation and shakes him violently by the shoulder. Don't go to sleep, old man. Listen here, I'm talking to you now. Chris, straightening up and looking about as if he were seeking a way to escape. I don't want for hear it. You was going out of head, I thank Anna. Well, living with you is enough to drive anyone off their nut. Your bunk about the farm being so fine. Didn't I write you year after year how rotten it was and what a dirty slave them cousins made of me? What did you care? Nothing. Not even enough to come out and see me. That crazy bull about wanting to keep me away from the sea don't go down with me. You just didn't want to be bothered with me. You're like all the rest of them. Anna, it ain't so. But one thing I never wrote you. It was one of them cousins that you think is such nice people. The youngest son, Paul, that started me wrong. It wasn't none of my fault. I hated him worse than hell, and he knew it. But he was big and strong. Pointing to Burke. Like you. Burke, half springing to his feet, his fists clenched. God blast it! He sinks slowly back in his chair again, the knuckles showing white on his clenched hands, his face tense with the effort to suppress his grief and rage. Anna! That was why I run away from the farm. That was what made me get a job as a nurse girl in St. Paul. <laughs> and you think that was a nice job for a girl too, don't you? With all them nice inland fellers just looking for a chance to marry me, I suppose. <laughs> marry me? What a chance! They wasn't looking for marrying. As Burke lets a groan of fury escape him. I'm honing up to everything fair and square. I was caged in, I tell you, just like in Yale, taking care of other people's kids, listening to them bawling and crying day and night when I wanted to be out. And I was lonesome, lonesome as hell. So I give up, finally. What was the use? She stops and looks at the two men. Both are motionless and silent. Chris seems in a stupor of despair, his house of cards fallen about him. Burke's face is livid with the rage that is eating him up, but he is too stunned and bewildered yet to find a vent for it. The condemnation she feels in their silence goads Anna into a harsh, strident defiance. You don't say nothing, either of you, but I know what you're thinking. You're like all the rest. And who's to blame for it, me or you? If you'd even acted like a man, if you'd even been a regular father and had me with you, 
Maybe things would be different. Don't talk that way, Anna. I go crazy. I won't listen. Puts his hands over his ears. You will too listen. She leans over and pulls his hands from his ears. You, keeping me safe inland. I wasn't no nurse girl the last two years. I lied when I wrote you. I was in a house, that's what. Yes, that kind of a house, the kind sailors like you and Matt go to in port. And your nice inland men, too. And all men, god damn em. I hate em. I hate em. <laughs> she breaks into hysterical sobbing, throwing herself into the chair and hiding her face in her hands on the table. The two men have sprung to their feet. Anna, Anna, it's lie, it's lie. He stands wringing his hands together and begins to weep. So that's what's in it. Suppose you remember your promise, Matt. No other reason was to count with you so long as I wasn't married already. So I suppose you want me to get dressed and go ashore, don't you? <laughs> yes, you do. God stiffen you. I suppose if I tried to tell you I wasn't that no more you'd believe me, wouldn't you? Yes, you would. And if I told you that just getting out in this barge and being on the sea had changed me and made me feel different about things, as if all I'd been through wasn't me and didn't count and was just like it never happened, you'd laugh, wouldn't you? And you'd die laughing, sure, if I said that meeting you that funny way that night in the fog and afterwards seeing that you was straight good stock on me it got me to thinking for the first time, and I sized you up as a different kind of man. A sea man is different from the ones on land as water is from mud. And that was why I got stuck on you, too. I wanted to marry you and fool you, but I couldn't. Don't you see how I've changed? I couldn't marry you with you believing a lie, and I was shamed to tell you the truth. Till the both of you forced my hand. And I seen you was the same as all the rest. And now give me a bawling out and beat it like I can tell you're going to. She stops, looking at Burke. He is silent, his face averted, his features beginning to work with fury. Will you believe it if I tell you that loving you has made me clean? It's the straight goods, honest. Like hell you will. You're like all the rest. Burke turning on her in a perfect frenzy of rage. The rest is it. God's curse on you. Clean is it. Ya slut ya. I'll be killing you now. He picks up the chair on which he has been sitting, and swinging it high over his shoulder, springs toward her. Chris rushes forward with a cry of alarm, trying to ward off the blow from his daughter. Anna looks up into Burke's eyes with the fearlessness of despair. Burke checks himself, the chair held in the air. Stop, you crazy fool! You want for murder her? Anna, pushing her father away brusquely, her eyes still holding Burke's. Keep out of this, you. Well, ain't you got the nerve to do it? Go ahead. I'll be thankful to you, honest. I'm sick of the whole game. Burke, throwing the chair away into a corner of the room. I can't do it, God help me, and your two eyes looking at me. Though I do be thinking I'd have a good right to smash your skull like a rotten egg. Was there ever a woman in the world had the rottenness in her that you have? And was there ever a man the like of me made the fool of the world? And me thinking thoughts about you and having great love for you and dreaming dreams of the fine life we'd have when we'd be wedded? 
Yet I God help me, I'm destroyed entirely, and my heart is broken in bits. Now asking God himself, was it for this he'd have me roam in the earth since I was a lad only, to come to black shame in the end, where I'd be given a power of love to a woman is the same as others you'd meet in any hook or shanty in port, with red gowns on them and paint on their grinning mugs to be sleeping with any man for a dollar or two. Don't, Matt. Oh, for God's sake. Get out of here. Leave me alone. Get out of here. I'll be going, surely, and I'll be drinking slews of whiskey will wash the black kiss of yours off my lips, and I'll be getting dead rotten drunk so as I'll not remember twas ever born you was at all, and I'll be shipping away on some boat will take me to the other end of the world where I'll never see your face again. He turns toward the door. Chris, who has been standing in a stupor, suddenly grasping Burke by the arm. No, you don't go. I thank my meets better Anna marry you now. Burke, shaking Chris off. They've go of me, you old ape. Marry her, is it? I'd see her roasted in hell first. I'm shipping away out of this, I'm telling you. And my curse on you and the curse of Almighty God and all the saints. You've destroyed me this day, and may you lie awake in the long night tormented with thoughts of Matt Bourke and the great wrong you've done him. Matt! But he turns without another word and strides out of the doorway. Anna looks after him wildly, starts to run after him, then hides her face in her outstretched arms, sobbing. Chris stands in a stupor, staring at the floor. I think I go ashore, too. Not after him. Let him go, don't you dare. I go for that drink. So I'm driving you to drink, too, eh? I suppose you want to get drunk so you can forget. Like him? Yes, I want. You tank I like hear them tanks. I tank you wasn't that kind of girl, Anna. And I suppose you want me to beat it, don't you? You don't want me here disgracing you, I suppose. No, you stay here. Goes over and pats her on the shoulder, the tears running down his face. Ain't your fault, Anna, I know that. She looks up at him, softened. He bursts into rage. It's that old devil see do this to me. He shakes his fist again. It's her dirty tricks. It was all right on barge with just you and me. Then she bring that Irish feller in fog. She make you like him. She make you fight with me all time. If that Irish feller don't never come, you don't never tell me them tongues. I don't never know, and every tongue's all right. Dirty old devil! Oh, what's the use? Go on ashore and get drunk. Chris goes into room on left and gets his cap. He goes to the door, silent and stupid, then turns. You white here, Anna? Maybe. And maybe not. Maybe I'll get drunk, too. Maybe I'll... But what the hell do you care what I do? Go on and beat it. Chris turns stupidly and goes out. Anna sits at the table, staring straight in front of her. The curtain falls. End of Act Three